1: And with the year that we have unfolding in politics, it's going to be an exciting ride. Read Bill Nygut's expert insight on AJC.com and listen to the Politically Georgia podcast with me, Greg Bluestein. And me, Patricia Murphy. And me, Tia Mitchell. Hear new episodes every weekday. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Hey, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of Southern Fried Soccer. We're here at Mercedes-Benz Stadium where Atlanta United defeated Los Angeles Football Club, or LAFC, 5-0. And a surprising result, a result that didn't really feel like 5-0 because three of the goals came in the final eight or nine minutes. Uh, We started off with uh, Julian Gressel scoring, followed by um, Joseph Martinez off a Julian Gressel assist, Two Miguel Almiron penalty kicks and then a Romario Williams score in the final minutes. Um, I'm joined, as always, for my post-game analysis by Jason Longshore of 92.9 and SoccerDownHere.com. Jason, how are you?
0: Doing well. Doing well. That was a fun one. A little bit of uh, rope-a-dope action out of Atlanta United tonight. Felt like Muhammad Ali and the Rumble in the Jungle.
1: But the Five Stripes have now won four consecutive games and have improved to 3-0 and at home, where they've outscored opponents. I think it's 12-2 off the mm-hmm. top of my head. Uh, they will host NYCFC here next Sunday in what is probably going to feel like a foreign country uh, playing on a pitch this big compared to the postage stamp thing that they play on at Yankee Stadium. But we'll talk about that later. Let's get to tonight. <laughs> Atlanta United's defense featured three new starters and. um Mikey Ambrose in for the injured Greg Garza. Miles Robinson handed his league debut. The number two pick in the Super Draft played well. We'll get to that in just one second. And then the uh, third starter at center back was Chris McCann in for uh, Leandro Gonzalez Perez or Franco Escobar. Pick, take, take your pick. Uh, but Miles Robinson was kind of the talk of the match. Uh, afterward, he's a big guy from Syracuse. Kind of late to soccer. Really athletic. And showed it quite a few times tonight.
0: Yeah, Miles Robinson really grew up as this match went on. You could just see him gaining confidence. I mean, it kind of felt like Barco in the Minnesota match in preseason, where started off so-so and just continued to improve. You know, you saw the the set pieces early where Robinson got ahead on two different corners, showed his ability there. Then the play of the match, I mean, it was our, our hot play of the match on, on the post-match show with 92-9, was Robinson chasing down Diego Rossi. And it was the through ball from Carlos Vela at midfield. Rossi's in alone almost slowed up because he thought he had time, and Miles Robinson came out of nowhere. That athleticism is something we have not seen out of center backs with Atlanta United, and it was very valuable tonight.
1: Jeff Leroy said that he hasn't seen speed like that since Marvel win. Uh, nah, that's a good reason. call. And I'm going to interrupt this for one second because I do believe that Mbia is on the field with a couple of Atlanta United executives. Normally, I wouldn't say this, it's everybody sitting down there in the press box where everyone can see it. And someone tweeted a photo of Mbia today at the hotel, and those are the same clothes that he was wearing then. I did ask Gerardo Martino in a press conference afterward if he had any knowledge of Mbia, and he said, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, I don't know. Back to tonight's game. <laughs> Um, yeah robinson looked really well he had that block of a point-blank shot and then he had the presence of mind to kick the ball away as he was still laying on the ground mm-hmm. he had a header off a corner kick it went over the bar but it showed his uh that skill. vertical leap
0: yeah uh, i mean that was his, what his really athleticism earned a lot of highlights for him at the MLs combine right. was that vertical leap and that speed you know that's where he attracted a lot of attention as he said he's he's still a, a raw still not quite a finished product yeah. but I loved how his confidence grew from minute one to minute 90 tonight.
1: Yep. Martino said afterward that he thought that this game in particular uh, accentuated Robinson's strengths Mm -hmm. and hid his weaknesses, which is passing the ball, which they're still working with him on. Yep.
0: Um, 87% passing tonight, though. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Not (laughs) not too many of them forward.
0: True. True. But but what I liked was he was safe. And there was a play in the second half that really showed me that he's been paying attention where – Ball came back to him. It was two-on-one. He had he had players in his face. He could have tried to force a pass back. He could have tried to force a pass to the side. He put it into the expensive seats, and that's smart.
1: Now, I don't think we're going to see a lot of Robinson in no. pending games uh, because Gonzalez Perez is going to come back. Uh, there's really no telling about Escobar. Uh, McCann... Was flirting, we're going to transition into McCann now. McCann was flirting with disaster all night, starting in the first minute uh, when he was given a red card by referee Ted Uncle for a two-footed lunging tackle on, or not a lunging tackle, just a slamming tackle of Benny Fellhaber. Uh, they went to video review, and it was overturned. McCann was brought back onto the field and given a yellow card. It was the first of two uses of VAR in the game, both favored Atlanta United, as did the call against Waston in the previous home game for Vancouver. Uh, Both but, were
0: handled well, though.
1: Y- I yeah, thought so. Uh, Martino said after the game that he just, he's tired. Basically, he said, I'm tired of VAR. It's dragging the games out, it's making them longer than a basketball game. We're going to be here until midnight at some point. This I, I
0: don't want to see seven minutes of stoppage time every time. No. You know, I, I want it to be quicker, and I think some of that is down to just getting the mechanics right. You know, Tonight you had Edwin Juracevic on VAR. He's pretty much a VAR specialist at this point. So I think he had a little more, maybe a little more leeway to get in Ted Uncle's ear and say, you know, you the didn't first see
1: that one right. The first was done over like that. It yeah. was pretty quick. It was getting everyone to stop fussing at each other is what drugged that kind right. of part of it out. That wasn't VAR so much. Right. Um,
0: the first one was a tricky one too. That was a tough call. Ted Uncle goes red immediately. I think he thought that McCann came in studs up. And when you go back and look at the replay,
1: he did try to keep both feet on. McCann
0: the definitely tried to keep his feet And he feet kept out his
1: arms in. He yeah. Didn't to, he didn't raise his arms up, which would have caused Fellhaber to flip it, even more.
0: Because Fellhaber bailed out of the challenge. Yeah. McCann went in, won the ball, and Fellhaber wanted no part of the challenge, and McCann tried to bring everything back in that he could to right. not make as much contact. It was a strong challenge, but it was not a red card challenge. Right. It was a tricky one, though.
1: Okay, we'll, we'll keep talking about VAR, and then we'll go back to McCann in a second. Yep. The second VAR was Walker Zimmerman, who may never, ever want to set foot in Mercedes-Benz oh, Stadium again. Wow. He got torched when he was with Dallas here last year, mm-hmm. got torched again today. Viaba put him on roller skates in the first half before he shanked a shot. But then he came nowhere even close to getting Almiron on a tackle. He, he did hook his leg. Almiron had already kicked the ball out of bounds, but Uncle... Went to the AR and awarded the penalty kick anyway. Yeah. I don't really like it. I If, if an offensive player it. kicks the ball that hard out of bounds, yeah. I don't think it should be a penalty kick.
0: I agree. It's, it's The way it's called always, they give you the penalty there. I would like to see almost the, the NFL type of mechanism where it's like an uncatchable ball. In that case, he's not getting to it, so right. it goes out. You're not going to give the penalty. Um, if there, if it's a situation where you would give a card, go ahead and give the card, but you don't give the penalty because there's no way Almarone's getting to the end of it. Right. I didn't, I didn't know if there was contact or not watching it live. I actually didn't think it was a penalty. He got him on the replay. He got him. I mean, it was definitely contact. So letter of the law, it's a penalty. If they hadn't called that one, I would have been fine.
1: Bob Bradley, from what I can tell, interesting must have said that the First VAR, the first overturn, really affected the game, which to me is a little bit odd because it happened in the first minute and nothing had really happened, and it was at the midway point of the field. Now, obviously, reducing Atlanta United to ten men and
0: that part would have had game a game. huge effect. Sure,
1: but the fact that it happened in the first minute, I don't think it should have been that big of a of a mental thing for LMC. No. But obviously. They don't seem to be the most mentally strong team having given up nine goals yeah. in the past game and a half.
0: They seem very fragile mentally and, and I went back and watched a lot of the the LA Battle of LA last week and you know it really stood out to me on watching it multiple times, the reaction after the second goal from the galaxy, where Chris Pontius went in again on Motinho and kind of abused him on the header to, to get it to three two. You started to see heads drop. You started to see people throwing their arms up at each other. You saw a lot of that today. You saw Benny Failhaber constantly complaining to the referee. You saw, you know, as the match went on, uh, players pointing at each other. People were were frustrated with Latif Blessing and his effort over here on the near side. This team does not have a leader in it right now in the midfield.
1: Now, Carlos Vela said after the game that he thought that particularly toward the final minutes of the game, everyone started to be selfish and trying to do everything yeah. themselves instead of playing as a team. Now that's interesting comment coming from him because he doesn't have the best reputation. Uh, it's
0: true. He was working hard tonight, though, dropping into midfield, trying to get on the ball, but that almost worked to Atlanta's advantage because when Vela's getting his touches around midfield, he's nowhere near as dangerous.
1: Yeah, I mean, LAFC dominated possession in the game but they didn't do a thing with it. It reminded me a little bit of the Minnesota United game for Atlanta defensively, and that they kept everything in front of them. LAFC was able to get through a couple of times uh, in the first half, but as we talked about, Robinson chased down Rossi in a 1v0 and and stoned him. Uh, the other times would they were offsides. Um, yeah, they one one shot on goal,
0: right. one shot on goal, and I don't even remember it. I don't remember. Yeah, Brad it Gizans. must have been one in the first save. half.
1: Um, I don't. I don't remember it either. Um, but McCann, again, Yeah, McCann is a center back. Did really, really well against Minnesota. I thought he was flirting with disaster most of the night. He had a tackle in the penalty box that could have resulted in uh, a penalty if Uncle decided he wanted to call it, uh, but he didn't. Uh, it was, it was a little bit dangerous.
0: Yeah, a little dangerous. But you saw the difference tonight with Chris McCann picking up a yellow in the first half or in the first minute and Gonzalez Perez last week. With a yellow in the first minute McCann, a little on edge at times But definitely felt A little safer in him seeing the match out As opposed to LGP That's something Gonzalez perez is going to have to learn Or he's not going to see as much Playing time, because now he has competition
1: I wonder if they Stick with the 3-5-2 Next week, are we going to see Miles Robinson as the third center back If Franco Escobar doesn't return Or are we going to see Chris McCann as the third center back
0: that's a fascinating. When David Villa is a forward who can really stretch your back line and pull people out of position, and we saw that at Yankee Stadium last year, and he did it to Leandro gonzalez perez If you go with three center backs, you can have somebody chase Villa around a little bit more and try to make things more
1: difficult for him. Assuming so, that he's back.
0: Yeah. He it's, hasn't
1: played the past three games, I think it is now, two or three. Right.
0: It's an interesting point for Tata Martino. It's not easy for him to pick a starting 11 like it was last year. This team has a lot more depth.
1: And then the other factor that we need to talk about is Ezekiel, Ezekiel Barco is supposed to return to training on Tuesday. I don't think he'll start, I guess, NYCFC, but if he's healthy and he moves well during the week, I do think you'll see him in the 18. Where it's easier to pick where he's going to come when he's coming off the bench. And I did ask Martino if he had a plan for Barco, and that was the first of two consecutive questions, which he said, I don't know. The second was NBM. Uh, oh, I
0: thought that's a cagey one.
1: Bless his heart. <laughs> uh, but where do you think he's going to play when he – I know who I would pull.
0: Okay, who in would In favor call?
1: of Barco. I would pull Viaba.
0: Right now, I, mean, I agree. Four, I, four out general, of five
1: games, he's done not much
0: at all. Uh, I'd, that's a little harsh, but in general, I would say no. But right now, in current form, yeah. Uh, tonight, he struggled to find his impact on the match. And the the thing that changed this match was pulling Vishalba, bringing on Kevin Kratz, moving Al Marone out of midfield to the second forward spot. Made things easier for Miguel, who was struggling to find his way into the match. Brought in another creative player in midfield in Kratz who was comfortable on the ball. And Kratz had the secondary mm-hmm. assist on the second goal that unlocked everything. Right. right now, you're looking at Ezekiel Barco probably playing that second forward role. And that would be where he would come into this team. And right now, that would be for Vizalba. In the four-two-three-one, I think it's easier and more comfortable to bring Barco in as a left winger, play Al Marone as a 10, and then you're playing either Tito or, or Julian Gressel on the right wing, depending on how you want to play it. I think this team and this starting lineup is going to be based much more on current form and much more on competition in, on the training ground week after week than we saw last year. I think Tata Martino has more players that he, he knows what he's going to get out of them. He has more players that he trusts. And he's going to be able to mix and match based off the opposition and based off current form.
1: That may have sounded harsh, what I said about Viaba, that he hasn't done anything in four or five games. But, I mean, he did nothing tonight. He had, he had an the one chance that he, he that didn't he just shank it.
0: Right. Missed it.
1: Um, he didn't do anything against Minnesota United. Uh, Vancouver, he didn't do anything. D.C. United was his good game, yeah. I believe. Now then Houston. He he really yeah, didn't he, well, he was one of many who didn't do anything.
0: One thing I'll give him tonight is, and it's something that stood out to me on the final stat report. Everybody in this team was active defensively. Mm-hmm. Everybody in this team had a tackle except for Joseph Martinez. And if you're starting forwards having tackles, something's probably going wrong. But everybody else had tackles. Fischelba had two. Almiron had two. Everybody was working hard defensively, and that's what made this work. It was a team effort. And to get a clean sheet tonight with Robinson in his first MLS start, with Ambrose starting on the left, with McCann, who's still somewhat converted center back, and Gressel, who's still somewhat converted right wing back, Michael Parkhurst was immense, Mm -hmm. organizing everything, keeping everything in shape. I think we've seen that this team can defend in a variety of ways, and that's got to be a wake-up call to the rest of MLS.
1: Yep, that's true. All right, we're going to wrap this up. Jason, what do you have this week?
0: Uh, We have first tomorrow, uh, ATL-UTD2. If you don't have tickets yet, you should get them because you might see a starting lineup tomorrow that features an average age of about 19 <laughs> with George Bello, Lagos Kunga, yeah. Chris Goslin, yeah. probably some Andrew Carlton, Ollie Yosa Shannon. Samuel, yeah. Ollie Shannon, Andrew Wheeler, Aminu, lots of young Atlanta United talent tomorrow. Cool Ray Field. It's a four o'clock start against Penn FC. If you can't make it out, the match is on YouTube. It's also at atlutd.com slash um, two. After that, soccer down here is back on Monday, nine to 11 all week. Uh, blog talk, radio.com slash soccer down here. And I'm going to go rest my voice because I have another day tomorrow of, uh, calling a match and hopefully a lot more goals to go. I
1: I hope that y'all will, if you haven't already bookmark, uh, soccer down here.com and, and listen to it, uh, either if you can at work or on your drive or something, because Jason and John and, and those guys do a fantastic job. Um, I've posted my shorter game story on AJC.com, the longer game story on MyAJC.com. The man of the match for me, who was Julian Gressel, I think I agreed with the team on that one. Ah,
0: we were Parkhurst. Uh,
1: Yeah, I I thought about Parkhurst a little bit. Um, I posted uh, the By the Numbers, I'm going to post the player ratings here, and then tomorrow I'll have five observations, maybe five, it may only be three or four. Because this game, the storylines were kind of Robinson, VAR, maybe Form at Home, Barco, so maybe four things. Give Kratz a shout-out. Yeah, give Kratz a (laughs) shout-out. And then back at it next week. I won't be at training on Tuesday because I have a previous appointment, but I will have something online. You'll have all the usual weekly stuff from me, your power poll, ranking of the games, predicting the lineup, questions with the opposing team's beat writer. Uh, All you can find on myajc.com. Again, this is Doug Robertson and Jason Longshore from Mercedes-Benz Stadium, where Atlanta United defeated LAFC 5-0 behind goals from Julian Gressel, Joseph Martinez, Miguel Amaron, and Romario Williams with his very first goal for Atlanta United. All right, this is Southern Fried Soccer. Have a good night. Take care. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone,
0: lifestyle columnist.